On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back, I should say, to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so delighted that you're here and that you're taking time out of your day to tune in and find a good dose of inspiration. On today's show, I have Cameron and Susan Mills. Now, they have both been on the show before. I'm sure you'll remember I jotted down back um, episode 80. Cameron came on and talked about leaving his ego and self-esteem on the bench, so to speak. And then Susan was back on a couple months after that because Cameron talked so fondly of her during that particular episode that I had with him that I thought, man, I need to get Susan on the show. And she graciously agreed to come on. We talked about parenting a child on the autism spectrum disorder, or how do I say that? Autism Autism spectrum. That's the way I have it. Okay. And, and so it was such an engaging conversation and I'm so delighted with them. And one thing that I noticed is just how they speak about each other. And so many of you are married. And so I wanted to have them back on together to chat about marriage. And I really just have a couple of questions for them. And I think it's going to unfold. Our conversation will unfold so nicely for you. But since the podcast is all about thoughts, taking our thoughts captive, being transformed through the renewing of our minds, I wanted to unpack a little bit some thoughts that we should have in our marriage and perhaps some thoughts that we should not have in our marriage. And we can kind of ask them what they think about this particular topic. So can, and I don't know which one of you wants to start, but maybe Susan, ladies first, if you Thank could you. isolate. I have, I have a lot, to, I can, I can go. I have a lot to say. But... I won't get through a full sentence. So I'll just you. Okay. I love it. I love it. Oh my goodness. No, I, I even have other questions. My listeners might want to know even your history, like where you met and how long you've been married. I think you're still on your honeymoon actually, but well, if, if you want to just tell them where you met before we get into the really more kind of meaningful content. Yeah. Well, I'll start and I'll have you wrap up. Oh, sure. Okay. And well, I'll add in color. Of course, the <laughs> color commentary is what he's best at. Um, so we actually met first as friends and um, we had some mutual friends that were um, kind of pushing us together. And um, he was probably fighting back stronger than I was. <laughs> um, but it ended up working out perfect because we got to know each other on a, on a friend level. And there were some awkward times when all of us were going out together as friends and um, our friends were, were making some awkward comments about us, you know, being together and we won't go into details there, but I think we should. I think it's a great story. It's the best story. It's the best story about us. So yeah, the the two people, the two mutual friends, and they're still dear friends of ours who are best friends, best friends who are pushing us together because Susan and I don't know each other. And then we do, but we're just, neither one of us were looking for a relationship. And, um, um, and so 
but these two friends of ours were actively looking for us to have a relationship. And so we would do things like, I remember, I guess the first time I, even though I know what the first time we met, um, but we went to one of our mutual friends had a birthday dinner and we went, it was just the two of them and Susan and I, and every time Susan and I would talk across the table, these two would immediately hush because they wanted to hear, oh, let's see if, see if they're connecting. Um, and so that made it awkward. Um, even later on that night, we wound up walking to another place to, uh, uh, to kind of extend the evening. And then Susan was going to leave early. And I was told, I was going, first of all, I was going to do it anyway, because I was the only man there. So I was told, well, she's, it's now 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, maybe. She's got a two mile walk back to her car downtown Lexington. And I was like, I'm not letting her walk by herself. So I was already, I'd already decided I was going to walk. But I was then commanded by the other two girls, you know, you're walking her back. I'm like, y'all calm down. I know I'm doing it. But then the awkward time came when it was your birthday. Mm-hmm. It was Which her birthday like a dinner, later. a month later. Yes. And so number one, I showed up forgetting that we were celebrating her birthday. I just thought we were getting together as friends. So I didn't have a, I didn't have any flowers for her. I didn't have a present for her. I didn't have a card for her. So that was awkward. But then our mutual friend decided, again, this, her, this was all set up for her to push us together. She said, um, okay, so she, she, you know, cling, cling, cling on the glass. I haven't, I haven't, you know, a toast to make or dedication, whatever. She goes, we're here to celebrate Susan. And she gushed, gushed about Susan for about what, 20 or 30 seconds, maybe even a minute. And then she goes, <laughs> then she goes, I thought it would be wonderful if we all went around the table. Now, <laughs> what we're expecting to hear is, and talked about our favorite Share thing your about, favorite yeah, moment. what's your favorite <laughs> moment with Susan or your favorite thing about Susan? And she specifically goes into, this is her, this is her announcement. I think it'd be great if we go around the table and everybody shares their favorite part of Susan's body. Oh my word. And I'm like hitting me. So I was, and this is another, this is another woman who came up with this idea. This is a a man coming up with this idea. I completely get, I completely get a man (laughs) thinking in terms of, well, well, but because I copied what the so the first, I was going to be the second person to go to, which my, my heart rate, I mean, it's bouncing in my throat. <laughs> and so the next first person to go was our friend, one of our friends pushing us together named um, Tamara, who, who said her eyes, her eyes are so beautiful. <laughs> so I instantly like, oh, yes, her eyes. That's you. The, yeah, yeah I, I'd like, I, I think I'd agree with um, with uh, Tamara. I think Susan's eyes are her best quality. And I'm like, and, and no one was comfortable. Because everyone was like, well, what are they going to mention her rear end? Because if anyone had mentioned that, I mean, now it just gets awkward. So it was just such a dumb idea that, but it's still the funniest thing. It it encapsulates these two friends' desire to get us together, which because they desired it so badly, we rebelled against each other for a while. Especially towards the mm-hmm. end. But I tell you, um, it was after that, though. Um, also, there were two guys that were hitting on me. Oh, oh that's. Which no. it sparked a little bit of jealousy. They were at the uh, party. Were they at the party? Dinner. No, at the dinner. Okay. There were these two clowns sitting at this other table who bought the <laughs> entire. Our, we had eight people at our table. They bought the entire round of our table of drinks just so they could talk to Susan. Oh my! And so and, and now I don't like Susan at this point. We're not dating. We're being pushed together, but we're both rebelling against it. I don't think it'll work out. I don't think it'll work out. And then all of a sudden, this happens. And all of a sudden, I'm getting jealous. <laughs> at the table, and I'm like. I don't like her. Why am I jealous? And then I had to, and then I had to admit, well, there's got to be something there. If I'm getting jealous with these two guys hitting on this girl that I'm, I'm, I've decided I don't, I'm not interested in. 
So, so it was so awkward that I sent him a text. I think it was like the next week the next, or something. I thought it was the next day, but maybe not. Um, I think it was the next week. Anyway. I can't remember. Anyway, I said, listen, I said, there is no chance that we're ever even going to be able to be friends if we don't like lay this awkwardness out on the table. And get rid of our two just, mutual friends. You know, yes. so I said, do you want to grab coffee? And, um, and so he said, well, how about dinner? And, um, so a couple weeks later, like a, like a, like a week later, yeah. and we had what turned out to be, and I still don't consider it a date. I do. He does. But, um, <laughs> like a five hour, we closed the restaurant down Then we walked next door, mm-hmm. um, to, to, um, to go to another place that stayed open a little bit longer and we ended up closing them down. So, um, and then just kind of walked away thinking, well, maybe there is something, you know, uh, to this. So anyway, long story short, we started dating and, um, and then in October of 19 of 19. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and they got married in August of, uh, 2020. Okay. Perfect. All because, all because of COVID because COVID kind of accelerated our relationship because we started going from spending, a weekend together when we were both working regular jobs and regular hours mm-hmm. to when COVID sh- started, it shut down. I couldn't travel anymore, which is basically what I did most of the time. We went from seeing each other every week to every other day. And that accelerated everything to the point where we were married. I guess if COVID started in March of 2020, we were married August of 2020. So, Right. Well, what body part did you say? Can you share that? Oh, yeah, I can tell. I, I copied off Tamara. She said eyes. I said her eyes. Oh, you, okay, you said that. I thought that was like, okay, no, that was no, a good I'm not thing an idiot. Well, I mean, I can't be an idiot. Okay. <laughs> but no, I, I, so you use the same one. Me I, I was see. panicked. I didn't know what, I wasn't thinking, it was like, what can I say that doesn't get me in trouble? And honestly, the only thing I could have said her mind, that would have been a brilliant answer. Well, but Steve ooh. said something. Did he, Steve said, said, he said, let me see your smile. <laughs> it's your smile. <laughs> oh my goodness. Listen, you can't, what you can't get below the neck. Anything you no. say below the neck can get you in trouble. Right. Right. Say her right. hands, her feet, her knees. <laughs> you know, I, her, I've always thought her knees look great. Even that, that just sounds creepy. That's weird. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, you two are so funny. Um, okay. So let's talk about, because you're still honeymooning, it sounds like, and just enjoying each other. And I hope so. I saw your uh, Facebook post that you had where you're on the back of the truck bed. I think that must have been your wedding oh. day. I yes, love that, that picture. Someone captured just totally. that you know, you were laughing. It was just such a beautiful picture. I just love that. But I know that most things that are valuable take a lot of hard work and it's not always what it seems. So I wonder if you all could share with my listeners as a married couple, what would be one thought that you don't want to consistently engage? I'm gonna start with the negative. One thought that if you ruminate on that thought, it could be about marriage, about your spouse, about yourself in this relationship. What, What is a thought that you might see as like an invitation to a danger zone. Does that make sense as a question? No, it makes a lot of so. sense. And I, I'd like to go first because this is something that I um, that I no- noticed somewhat recently even, and I caught myself. Um, but, you know, Cameron and I have both experienced, you know, rocky relationships. We um, both had prior marriages. Fail- yeah, failed marriages. So um, it was interesting. And I noticed myself doing it 
you know, I think we've had maybe like two handfuls of like what, what we would call like squabbles or, you know, I, and yeah. he calls them fights from a relationship that I was in before uh, marriage. It wasn't even close to any kind of fight. Um, so, but whenever we have those moments, I immediately think to myself, it's over. Oh. We're not going to be able to recover from this. <laughs> he's gonna leave me he's gonna leave me and these aren't fights these they're are, not they're not they're not even like what was the one that we laughed at the other day about your lasagna oh yeah i made <laughs> i made an average lasagna it was, nothing, it, was, it was nothing average about it she forgot the ricotta cheese so in her mind forget ricotta cheese and, well, and she had just sent me to the store to get the ricotta cheese so i go to the store and i get it and i bring it home and she forgets to put it in it and then she she goes into this i wouldn't say a fit but she gets sad how much you try she pouts no, I got the ricotta cheese. I forgot to put the egg oh. in with the ricotta cheese, which doesn't. Well, either make way, the ricotta sense. cheese anyway. didn't make it on the. The ricotta cheese didn't make it on lasagna. No. Okay. No. So, but the point is, is that she went into this kind of self pity mode, where she, you know, and and I think for her, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think for her sometimes it's, well, I know for me, so I answer for me. I know that can be spiraling, right? Yes. You feel bad about yourself with one thing, and then you know, it's, and then it kind of, you start to feel bad. You start to, Satan starts to bring your other weaknesses to your mind. You start spiraling down and down and down. And then I think add to that past relationships and things you've been told by your ex-spouse, um, where they like to remind you of your frailties and your weaknesses, even if some of them aren't frailties and weaknesses. So that's kind of what started to happen. So we started, our, we had a, we had a fight again, not, it, it was no more than this was really. Um, but I, I'm getting frustrated because I'm like, you're, 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 you're getting so down on yourself because you forgot to put ricotta cheese in a lasagna. And I, I said, I promise you, it's going to be fantastic. And it was, it was absolutely fantastic, but she couldn't get past that part. And so we kind of have this argument over why do you get so down? Why are you so down on yourself over something so small? And when most of the time, and she knows this, and she will admit this, she is an incredible cook. She has worked for um, Wolfgang Puck. She has worked for Bobby Flay. I mean, she know and and I mean, she knows what she's doing. She'll get in the kitchen and she'll just she'll what do you call it? Play. play. I mean, <laughs> where I have to go by recipes, right? She'll play. She'll oh, I think this will this could use some more cumin or oh no, some paprika <laughs> over here. She'll make something fantastic. And the one time she has what she thinks is going to be a sub-average lasagna, we start to spiral, or she starts to, and then I I get mad because I'm like. I can't believe you're spiraling over what you think is going to be average lasagna that turned out not to be. So and I think by spiraling, it is, it is just kind of like, it, it's a mental process and it's, it's not anything that's necessarily physical. It's all just, you know, most of the time. And there have been some times that like, all, I would have like a PTSD, like moment, mm -hmm. like, you know, well, come into play and, and to, to realize that, um, I'm, I'm becoming more self-aware, like of the trigger points and just being able to communicate yesterday. that with, within, yeah, I had, I had one yesterday. And so, and I immediately like recognized it and had to come back and we talked about, it. I was like, listen, this was nothing that you did. It was just something that just kind of sparked some PTSD. And, um, so anyway, but I would say, um, Almost, and, and I want to be careful how I say this because I think discussing the past is important. Mm -hmm. I think her and I discussing past relationships and past failures is important. But I think 
we both have the tendency to dwell on those sometimes, even personally, because that's when I can spiral. When I think about some of the decisions I made in the past, whether they be relationship-based or just life-based, and how Satan can continue to kick that in my face, and I can just go into a depression. And I was even telling her the other day about sometimes where I'll feel so much shame over a decision I made. And this is before her, long before her, in, in, in one particular instance that I can think of that usually would drive me to just utter so much shame that I would literally just have shakes. Like it wouldn't last long, but it, it'd be like I would just be shaking off the shame. Um, but it's important that she and I talk about, have talked about those in the past, but when they come up, not letting them come up. Like, like for example, this one particular instance that I'm thinking of, and she knows what I'm talking about. We have talked about that. We have talked about it a lot. And it was important that we talk about it. I think it's also important that she feels free to ask me about it again and again, because it was something that brought a lot of doubt to her. Maybe not a lot, but some doubt about yeah. who I was as a person. Right. Um, so I think it's important that she feels the freedom to ask me about it going forward. But I also think it's important that it not come up all the time because that means mm -hmm. she's dwelling on it. And that's going to make me dwell on it. At some point, you have to let your past go personally and let your spouse's past go. Because if you don't, then you're not moving forward. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you both for being so transparent. It's so easy to relate to what you're saying. And I'm currently in a dating relationship and I'm praising the Lord for that. And it's an exciting time for me, but kind of what you were saying about the past. Yes, everything you said, yes. But what we call it is we call it Christmas past because not all of our past is icky and shame filled. Certainly right. some of it can be for all of us, but we, we say mm, that's Christmas past. Although we both have freedom to talk to each other about it, much like you've said, we want to keep it in the perspective because now we have Christmas present and we're working toward Christmas future, a whole bunch mm -hmm. of them, God willing. So that little Christmas past, Christmas present and Christmas future has given us kind of a, an orientation board to know okay, we're spending a lot of time on Christmas past. Is that what yeah. we want to do right now? And it kind of helps us to shift. Sometimes we even say, Ooh, that's Christmas past. Like, do you really want to go there? And just to kind yeah. of test the waters, well, but that's such Susan a great example. A, have, Susan and I both have a bad habit of going down rabbit holes. Yes. Um, and, and so we'll, we'll, if we start thinking, for example, um, if I start thinking about something that could make me jealous, right? Or um, instead of talking to her about it, letting her know this is how I feel, not talking to her about it, which is the bad thing. And then I start to spiral in my thoughts about, and, and eventually I always land on the worst case scenario, right? I never, I never land on, oh, that's just a friend of hers, right? That's just a male friend that she works with and they are friends and that's safe and that's okay. I'll always wind up up uh, She's having an affair, right? And that's right. that's a horrible place to go. And fortunately, I think now we're we're she and I are so newly wed, and still, as you said, Victoria's still in the honeymoon phase. So I don't think either of us go there much or allow ourselves to go there much because I think a lot of it is we're still close. Um, you know, one of the things that we're constantly, I think, battling mentally is not letting resentment build up. Mm. Um, because I know from my prior relationships. I, I, my prior marriage, that's one of the things that that ended that relationship was there had been so much resentment build up on 
excuse me, on both sides, honestly, that there was, without God, there was going to be no recovery. And as a result, and for whatever reason, God chose to not save that marriage, um, which I'm thankful for now, because I can't imagine it ever being better than what I have now. I can't imagine any relationship. I never had a relationship as good as this, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of it is our experience. Like we both, we both firmly believe it ought to be illegal to get married until you're 35 years old in this country, mm-hmm. <laughs> because you don't know enough to live with another fallen human being. And that's what you do when you get married. You are cohabitating with another sinful person. You don't know enough on how to deal with that when you're 20 years old or 24. And that's when I got married. I was an idiot, immature man at 24 years old. Mm. There's no chance that marriage had to succeed without God intervening. And then I look at us now. And yes, we're, we're probably past the point where she and I are going to have kids um, together, um, even though we have a little eight-year-old in here. Um, but um, And that that hurts. I mean, that does. That I, I, I wish we could. And we may. God may surprise us with miracle. We're not exactly being careful about it, but that's another story. Um so it's one of those things where, um, we're, but, but what comes with that is a lot of maturity and a lot of like the other day, the thing that she just mentioned that kind of set her off um, with her, her PTSD with a past relationship, instead of her holding on to that in anger, she came in after taking a shower, we want to go to the store together. And I said, Hey, why are we fighting about this? I don't get it. And she said, well, I wanted to talk to you about that. She said, this is a PTSD thing. She goes, it's not your fault. And then we had a discussion. And in that discussion, not only did I feel better about why we were fighting about it and that we really weren't fighting about it, but I immediately felt closer to her. And I think that's a lot of things that are overlooked is that fights and disagreements, if we will both come to the table, we will get closer than we were before we had ever fought in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. I don't know whether it builds trust Mm -hmm. or whether it builds humanity or humanness or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it just makes us closer is that, you know, and we used to have that conversation all the time. It was like, how real is it? Because we didn't fight for, Gosh. we didn't have a fight for the first year of our relationship, not marriage, but our relationship. There was yeah. not a single, not, dis- squabble. not nothing. I mean, we wow. just, and we even came to the point where like, is this real? Yeah. Something's wrong because we should have it had at least one knockdown drag out. And we haven't even had that. Now, eventually we did, but it was like, we just, we don't fight a lot. And it's very different from the first one I had yes. where we fought all the time. And um, it just, it, so I, I guess, I guess I'm answering a lot of those, but to me, it's, you know, being willing to have those fights, but also being willing to come back to the table and talk about them instead of ignoring them. And as she well knows, my instinct during a fight is to withdraw. Mm. And she's had to fight me against that. She's had to fight. No, I remember one time we got, we were having a, we were having a squabble and it was bedtime and I got mad, got my feelings hurt probably. And I just grabbed my, I have a big body pillow that she hates because she says it comes between it's she like and I. Two- other people in the bed <laughs> yeah. anyway i call her Susie just so it's close to her <laughs> name. Oh, <laughs> so anyway so I, I grabbed my body pillow and i just kind of skulked downstairs to the downstairs bedroom well and one of the sweetest things she's ever done because we had just had counseling about this and that's another thing i think mm. we need to talk about yeah. that we started going to marriage counseling day one of our marriage basically mm, yeah. um without any trouble to the and it was so funny that when she told her mom that she was going to counseling, her, her instant reaction was, what's wrong with you and Cameron? And her, nothing, nothing's wrong. This is what we should be doing. And so we started going to counseling quickly and early, which we're both thankful for. And we still do. We've got an appointment when a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, but anyway, so I went down, so we had just had a, a counseling appointment and, and our, and our marriage counselor basically said, 
um, Cameron, you can't withdraw. And I don't know what she told you, but that it was my, my, my homework was not to withdraw on fights. Mm. Um, but I don't know what her homework assignment was, but what she did was I withdrew, went downstairs, went to sleep downstairs and not deal with the issue. She pursued me, came downstairs in this very sweet voice. She wasn't angry. There wasn't, there wasn't any manipulation in what she said. There wasn't any sarcasm, Sar sarcasm, what she said, but in this very sweet voice, she said, you're not supposed to run away when we fight. And she said it so sweetly that I couldn't do anything other than say, you're right. And I got up and I hugged her and we went back upstairs and I guess we dealt with it quickly then went to yeah. bed and then got up and dealt with it um, in a bigger way the next morning. Mm. Um, but all because she, she came down and said, no, we're not, I'm not going to let you withdraw. But I think one of the, the biggest things that Cameron has taught me in our relationship is that I think both of us apologize very quickly. Yeah. Um, mm. we, do, we don't let too much time pass before we say, I'm sorry. And, um, and I think that's really important. And, and we try not to hold on to those, you know, like those grudges. And I know that I've been guilty of that in the past. We just let them snowball and snowball. Mm -hmm. And that's what forms resentment. Right. But, um, but I think one thing that I am not used to at all, I've never had it in any other relationship is that Cameron is constantly saying, like, what, what can I do better? Like, tell me how mm -hmm. I can help you. And, and, and I think, look, does he really mean that? Or is that just the right thing to say? Both. You know, <laughs> and, and it's, it's taken some time to, to adjust, but honestly, like, honestly coming, going to your partner and saying, how can I be better for you? And, and then being able to think about it and honestly make a decision very early in a relationship I am going to love you and I'm going to do everything that I can to be the best partner and teammate for you. And um, I would say like, we've let each other down before. Oh yeah. But and we will we, again. But, but we always come back and say, okay, Oh, I messed up or this is something that I could have done better yeah. and I'm sorry. So um, I don't know that that's different for me than any other relationship. It's always, I got out of a relationship was everything was, what can you do for me? What can right. you do for me? And that doesn't feel good ever. Well, and I think a lot of that too goes back to, for me personally, having that attitude, which is the same attitude she has. Don't, don't let her get you wrong. She, she has the same attitude of how can I be better and what can I do for you? Um, we're, look, we're both empaths. Um, which is a word I, I never used on myself until she said it to me, like, you realize you're an impasse. I'm like, am I? She's like, oh yeah, you're an impasse. So am I. And then we would, and then all of a sudden I realized I did reading on what impasse were. And I'm like, oh yes, I exactly am an impasse. So you've got two impasse living together. Well, that sounds wonderful and it is wonderful, but it's also lead to, it's like, it's, it's the reason we probably apologize all the time. And sometimes maybe too much because and we can be sensitive yes, with each other. Yeah. We, like, oh, yeah. Is that did I mess did I, up? Did I mess up? Did did I, what did I do wrong? wrong? Yeah. Um, hmm. But uh, it, it's one of those things where um, our, pa our past relationships, I think, taught us, because I remember in my, in my first marriage, it led to a lot of mar marital counseling, which taught me a whole lot. Now, it, I, I went begrudgingly at first, but then I started realizing the wisdom that these counselors and therapists have. Yeah, especially mar marriage counselors. There is a lot of, and, and again, I go back to, and we, we shouldn't allow people to get married until they've gone through a year worth of marriage counseling because you learn 
how to fight fair, which was a new concept to me. You learn that people's feelings, not maybe their think, thinking, but people's feelings are always valid. Mm. That as easy it is, you never tell someone that they're crazy, right? And you may not mean that they're crazy, but you mean you're not thinking clearly now, right? But in an ignorant man's mind, you just think it comes out of you're crazy. You don't ever say that to somebody because that person may have heard that a lot in their prior relationship. And that may be a trigger for them. Um, and the bottom line, you just don't say it anyway, because it's it's not ever what you're really trying to say based on how it's defined in the world today. Um, it's just one of those things where my prior relationship, relation, relationships, but specifically my marriage, um, taught me so much about how to cohabitate with another fallen human being, how to be fair to them, um, how to watch out for trigger words, how to watch out for me, you know, and not having to walk on eggshells. I think more importantly, anytime I felt uh, something was unfair is instead of letting it build, as Susan said a few minutes ago, go to them and let's, let's dig this out. Let's talk about it now so that we're not going weeks with you carrying a load of anger right. and then eventually resentment. You don't want that callus to ever form. Wow. This is such amazing encouragement, I think. And I so appreciate your transparency and one thing I keep thinking in my mind is the level of honesty that you have with one another is so impressive. And I think it's critical to building that relation, a healthy relationship. It takes a lot of courage, though, just to be honest. And so I really see that coming loud and clear. Victoria, I think it took a lot of courage at the beginning of our relationship. I think the longer we're together, the less courage it takes to be mm. honest because we start to trust each other yes. and trust that they're going to handle it the way we hope they would handle it. Like I remember like a big thing I needed to tell her before we got married, before we made a commitment, I was terrified. And mm. to be fair, it was a big thing about my past that I full well expected her to, in fairness, to walk away from me because of, and in fairness to her, she even said that she considered it. How, how would you put no, that? It was we had talked about it one night and it, we were just sitting on the couch we were watching tv and <laughs> and it, i knew it, it was, was like okay yeah and we had gotten to the point where it's like okay we were really talking about becoming more serious and where mm -hmm. this might lead and so this was something that he felt like and he and he should have like shared with me we needed to talk about it um so i remember when he left that night um we talked about it for a while oh yeah and well it was a lot to talk about and so when he left that night um he he said he said are i remember i remember it, he, he said are we okay mm. and um i said i have a lot to think about i have a lot to process which was terrifying to hear um, but fair so um and I think we were supposed to see each other two two nights from from that point or whatever. And um, and I remember, I I just felt nauseous and I was like, I can't lose this man. I and and going back to the part that we're fallen human beings and we've all had things that you know have crept up in our past that we're not necessarily proud of, but. I, I also feel like we can take those things and grow from them. And I really felt like um, Cameron had, and he was remorseful, so remorseful about it. And, um, and so 
a couple of when we were supposed to get together a couple nights from that he said I said are what time are you coming over and he said do you still want me to come over and I said absolutely so um and I I told him I I think we we talked about I said I, I may have more questions I may want to talk about this more and he said you can ask me anything that you want to ask me um but I knew um got within 24 hours I knew that I I could not I cannot lose this that was that was a long 24 hours by the way (laughs) but I couldn't lose yeah I bet it was a long a long time can you hear me still yeah Yeah. okay all right um yes that sounds like a a beautiful picture of grace and and I appreciate your sharing that. Even that takes a lot of courage. And I, I want to be mindful of our time, but I didn't know if there was, and maybe you could both answer this together or one of you. Alex, maybe will you let Henry out? Have a cool, oh, that's okay. Is Henry your dog? Yes. I, I tried to get I him up here on my lap. Patty. He, stand, but yeah. he, weighs, he weighs 90 pounds. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. But so is there one thought that you would say would be critical for you all to have? And you kind of answered this already, just not specifically as in terms of a thought, but is there something that you should really focus on within your marriage as you consider each other or the relationship itself? Does anything spring to mind? And if it doesn't, that's okay too. Like personally that we should, that she and I should consider it. Yeah, like to say, let's have a, to have a quote, successful God honoring marriage this is something you want to think about often. Like, I know that you all encourage each other because I saw a little, the sticky notes that you all do. And it made me think of the power of the words that you all, you're affirming over each other. But is there a practice like that or some thought that you have repeatedly or should energize within a relationship? Like, and I don't know what it might be, but it could be like, uh, God, I'm the, you've graced me with this wonderful gift of a man, or I don't know what it might be, but does anything well, come to mind? I would say this, and I'm going to mention this and let you talk about the second part, because you're the one that introduced me more to it. But um, so uh, Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages, mm-hmm. I think has been kind of our second Bible in a way, because we both know, even though I always forget what her other love language is. I know what her first one is, the same as mine, which is words of encouragement. Um, but um that has been like eye-opening to me because which I'll, I'll let you share in a minute but the other one to me um uh now i'm gonna go blank talk about that for a minute let me get let me let me think what i was gonna say yeah so early on when we were when we were dating we um uh, i brought out i had mentioned i was like do you know the love, five love languages and he's like yeah 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 I, um, i've spent years in ministry dear of course i know what the five love languages are so i said what's yours he goes uh, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's all pop Christianity. So I was like, let me get the book. So um he would he just kind of laughed about the whole thing. But well, um at first I was being cool. I was trying to be cool and act like I oh, I'm well aware of the five love languages. And then she gets them out and we start going through them. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know them nearly as well as I thought I did. To the point where I still have been married to a woman a year and a half. I still can't remember her second one. <laughs> Acts of service. Acts of service. There we go. Um, so we have words of affirmation. And so it's um, so it's interesting, I think, that we continue to do those affirmations to each other. And maybe not even necessarily, because a lot of times those words of affirmations, like to ourselves, 
turn into words of affirmation to the other person, especially in a loving relationship. It's like, I am good enough for God. And this is the man that God wants me to be with. And so mm-hmm. it's just recognizing those, those kinds of things. And, um, that I think, I don't know, it, it is honest. I never thought about it that way, actually. Oh, I think, that, I think it's an easy, brilliant answer to a question is that that's like, we don't, I don't, and at this point, I think a lot of it's muscle memory because you, without a shout, without a doubt, know that what mine is words of encouragement. Um, and, um, and you do that all the time, but that's where those, those uh, post-its came from is us finding a way to find places um, it's where we know the other one would find it. So, and typically it's our, it's our bathroom mirror, excuse me, where, you know, I've got, and we've still got it. We, if I went back and took a picture of our bathroom mirror, there's about 20 on my side that she gave me and about 20 on her side that I gave her. Um, and it's one of those things that I, at least I know I do it when I feel like, okay, I want her to know how I feel, but telling her how I feel right now just doesn't seem like enough writing it down and sticking it somewhere. So I'm telling her quietly seems more poignant somehow to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it started. Um, it was like, it's like when you send someone flowers and you always, there's a note attached to it most of the time. Um, and knowing that the written word is more powerful than the spoken word. I mean, what, what, what woman wouldn't want or person for that matter, wouldn't want a love letter sent to them as opposed to a love speech what is a love speech? It doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a love speech. A love letter exists for exists for a reason because the woman or the person can go back to that and reread those words over and over um, in moments where they need that encouragement. And so that's kind of where the um, the post start. I still can't remember what I was going to say. I, I would I would say this as far as what's important, Victoria. Um, and I will say I will say this, admitting full well, especially recently that I have failed horribly in this matter, but. I've done a poor job of getting us to church um, on Sunday mornings, even if we can't make it to church. You know, we, we go to uh, Buck Run Baptist Church in Frankfort, Kentucky, and our pastor who married us, Herschel York, uh, is one of the greatest preachers in the country. Um, he actually teaches preaching at Southern Baptist Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and I, I actively see a difference in our relationship and in our week when we are at church together. And sadly, we, it's probably been months since we've been there. Now, part of that, this is a lame excuse, because it hasn't happened enough for us to be gone as long as we have. But part of that has been when I get to go preach on Sunday mornings to other churches. But that's only happened maybe four or five times, maybe three or four. Um, but I would say that's one of the biggest things that I notice and that I'm, I, I will actively admit that I failed. Um, that when we, Alex goes with us, he goes to children's church, but the two of us are sitting hand in hand uh, with our Bibles open. Uh, worshiping together it's it's one of the it's one of the most important things that I think we do as a family and we haven't done it enough recently and that's 100% my fault Mm. well I love your post-it example and I love that you see that every morning I'm assuming and or virtually and I think sometimes we know that they're there so we ignore them we don't read we don't we we we, we tend to stop reading them I think sometimes because well that's just part of our mirror and at some point, it's going to be nothing but post-its, I assume. We won't have a mirror. And that's when we'll start taking them down, maybe rereading them. Yeah. Well, if you did read them every day, I would probably, I know what you mean. You get familiar. They get familiar to yeah, you. But, yeah. Just got to eat this blind. But I was just thinking about the impact on your brain, like to read that and energize that over and over and over again. It gets so deep seated into your brain that it becomes 
you know, what you focus on grows and that's where the energy goes. And so yeah. that's such a good concrete example, even no matter what the thoughts are that, that you may, may be having those particular life giving love affirming kind of thoughts are so healthy and energizing within the marriage. And thank you also for sharing about church because Cameron and Susan, I mean, you know that it's a privilege to be a Christian and the privilege to be able to worship with someone you love is it, oh my goodness. You know, I've never had that in my life. And that's one of the most exciting components of my relationship now with my boyfriend is the fact that we are Christians and we're pursuing God together and that I can sit in a church service next to someone. We're enjoying the same praise and worship music. We're hearing the yeah. same message. We're elbowing each yeah. other. We're squeezing our hands. We're <laughs> yeah. that we it's meaningful in a way that is well it's spiritually meaningful and profound and it is such a privilege and so i i would challenge you yes get back into church and 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 you know you won't be sorry and but anyway oh what a delightful time with you i love it that you're just so real and transparent and, and because those the stories that you have shared and your relationship these things are what other people can kind of hang on to. And they think, you know, if Susan and Cameron can do this, even though sometimes it may be a little bit bumpy, they mm -hmm. are willing to learn. They are willing to, they're sinking their teeth in. They're not going to focus on thoughts like it's over, it's all done, or that kind of catastrophic thinking that yeah. leads, goes down the rabbit hole and spirals down. Yeah. No, they're going to pull back communicate, be honest and transparent and encourage each other and ask each other, what can I do to be better, to be your better mate? I mean, you all have brought so many inspirational little tidbits and nuggets to the conversation. So I really appreciate that. And I want everyone to know where they can contact you, Susan, your art, Cameron, your ministry. If really quickly, you could give us some details on that. And I'll put all of that in the show notes as well. Thank you. Um, yeah, I um, art is uh, kind of a therapy for me too. So I have like a Susan Mills art studio. Um, one of my biggest passions and uh, it was on a recent podcast of Victoria's is my autism tribe. And it's a nonprofit that I developed um, or created a few years ago. And um, it is dedicated and for uh, the autism community and um, bringing awareness and inclusivity to the communities around us. And that's myautismtribe.org. Thank you so much, Cameron. I did painting. Oh, did you? Did you? I guess it's hard to say where they can find it. They, but yeah, they Susan Mills Art Studio. Thank you. Com. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, so my ministry is cmm21.com, which you can't stand for Cameron Mills Ministry. And then my number at UK was. 21 as you see in the background yes, though that yes. i think that looks like 12 or 15 or something now if it's reversed um but uh i've been doing that for 24 years i think 20 since 1998 whatever many years that is um and it's what i'm called to do i've got another job that pays my bills or pays our bills and uh but that's what i feel called to do and will do in some in some form or another the rest of my life but um i just travel around and speak at churches i fill pulpits when pastors are on vacation or they're sick, as was in the case uh, last weekend, 
Um, and it's something I've always just felt like this is what I'm supposed to do. So that's cmm21.com. It's on Cameron Most Mysteries and on Facebook as well. Um, and, uh, and that's the best way to get in touch. Very good. Well, thank you both for appearing on the show. You're just you. awesome. You just incredible individuals. And I appreciate it so much. God bless you. God you bless too. You. Thank you. It's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.